You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Naturopathy Earth Radio and Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we have an interview. We are interviewing a chiropractor, Dr. Scott Kelly, D.C., Doctor of Chiropractic. Before we begin talking to Dr. Kelly, I want to remind you, of course, the website is Naturopathic Earth. Go check out all the clean eating articles, all the essential oil recipes, the regular food recipes, and all the other scores and scores of articles that I've written over the last two years. Please go check those out. Also, if you'd like to contribute to our little endeavor, you know that we have a Patreon account. Go to the episode notes of this episode and you will see the link to it. Please donate and contribute from the kindness of your heart, anywhere from a dollar to five dollars to ten dollars a month. And all that goes to defraying the costs of the website and the podcast hosting. So we would appreciate that. I'd also appreciate if you would peruse my memoir ebook, Confessions of an Obese Child, which you can find on Barnes and Noble Nook and Amazon Kindle for two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Really appreciate it if you could purchase that. And if you have the unlimited Kindle, you can peruse it and read it and post an honest review. That would help me out quite a bit as well. Okay, so let's get to our interview with Dr. Kelly. I've been wanting to interview a chiropractor for some time, and I think you're really, really going to enjoy this interview. Dr. Kelly does a great job of explaining the chiropractic mindset very well. And I was giving him a hard time beforehand because I was explaining to him how I always misuse the word chiropractor, chiropractic, chiropractic, and so forth. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. So the person, of course, is the chiropractor. And then this, the, the, the science, the, the, the degree is chiropractic. But I think a lot of people say chiropractics. So I tried not to make that mistake when I was interviewing Dr. Kelly to use the proper words. But aside from that, we go through the science behind chiropractic, um, why he went into that field, what are some of the reasons that somebody should go see a chiropractor. We go over some of the misconceptions about chiropractic and and, uh, some of the horror stories that you hear about people who go there and either don't come out alive or they come out with worse pain. And so in general, I think you'll find the podcast interview to be very informative and very fun. So with no further ado, here's Dr. Scott Kelly. All right, we're here today with Dr. Scott Kelly from Back to Life Chiropractic. How are you doing today, Scott? Uh, Really quite wonderful. How about yourself? I am doing great today. Thank you for asking. So you are the first chiropractor that we've interviewed here on Holistic Health News. So we're just going to go through your background and just promote... Uh, chiropractic. Excellent. That sounds wonderful. For us. So where where are you born? Give us mm-hmm. 
the first 15 years of your life up into the point where you kind of figured out you wanted to go into this? Sure. Uh, born in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, don't remember it. Moved to California at a young age. Uh, lived there through elementary school. Um, from there, went north of Philadelphia. Uh, was there for middle school and then finished my high school years uh, north of Indianapolis, Indiana. So been all over, down south, Midwest, um, West Coast, East Coast, so sort of seen the whole U.S. So when I think of Memphis, I know a lot of people think of Elvis, but I think of Justin Timberlake. He's, he's from there, and he always promotes <laughs> He's right. a Memphis boy. <laughs> so I, I can promote it saying I was born there. Uh, I've been on Beale Street uh, a couple times, so yeah, it's, it's a fun city. Yeah, and the barbecue is good from right here? Um, the, the ribs are darn good. I will argue that Texas brisket is by far uh, the best, so because yeah, you, you can't beat it. Texas is the best in everything, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what about Indiana? When I think of Indiana, I, I've driven through. I think of Parks and Rec and Larry Bird and like yep. just cornbread, earnest white folk. That is an accurate description. Uh, yeah. There, There is cornfields for days. Um, the, uh, everybody asks whenever I give my history, so where had the best food? Um, and it's definitely not Indiana. <laughs> it's a very cornbread. <laughs> and you went to Ball State, right? That, that's correct. Yeah, okay, Ball so, State up in uh, Muncie. So tell me, uh, do they have a rivalry with Purdue, with Notre Dame, with the Hoosiers? Right. Like, so the, the big rivalry, it would be IU and Purdue. Okay. And Ball State is sort of like the the the, the third wheel. It's, it's never really... Um, um, however, there was a claim to fame. Their football team did beat Nebraska um, more than a couple of years ago. That was probably five, six years ago. But yeah, they, they were on the, the national limelight for, for about a week. Yeah, so n- normally, like in the state, Ball State's like the tertiary school, qu- right. quaternary school. Yeah. So as far <laughs> as the state schools are concerned or the state universities, you know, IU Purdue, yeah. for sure, because, you know, Hoosiers and everything like that. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame is in its own sort of bracket there um, because, I mean, it's Notre Dame. And, but yes, on, on the lower end of the, the spectrum there, I'd say is Ball State as far as the athletics world is concerned, for sure. Is there an Indiana State University? There is ISU. Yep. There is okay. an Indiana State so University as in? well. Um th- I guess it's all about the same. You also have, um, oh goodness, there's another one right there in Indianapolis. It's uh, losing the name of it, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, ISU falls falls in there too. I think their basketball team made it for a minute there, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that's pulling back some some back memories there. <laughs> yeah, people are like, okay, Gregory, stop talking about Indiana. We don't want to talk about Indiana. All right, so. Tell us about high school. Tell us about like what gravitated you or, or like what were what were your original impressions of of chiropractic? Like when did you first become aware of it and what, what how did you start gravitating toward it? Yes. So I was uh, I'd never been to a chiropractor prior to chiropractic school. I'd never been adjusted prior to chiropractic school. So I fall into the very small percentage of chiropractic students. Um, When I was a senior in high school, my folks asked, what do you want to do? Do you want to go out in the working world? Do you want to go to school? We don't care. Just do what you want to do. And I knew that I wanted to work with my hands, uh, eventually work for myself. And uh, my mom randomly said, well, what about chiropractic? Mm. And I said, I 
don't know what they do. So she said, well, look somebody up, call them and ask if you can go shadow. And so I did. I looked up. Um, this was still, this was online. So I, I can't quite say I'd look up in the yellow pages. It's, it's good you probably didn't Google dangers of, of chiropractic because you always hear the, you know, the, the, the horror stories, the oh, vertebral sure. artery that's ruptured that kills somebody, or, you know, all the nightmares. So. Right, right. Um, so... I called a, called a doc, um, asked him if I could, could shadow. I said, hi, my name's Scott Kelly. I'm a senior at Carmel High School. And uh, he said, I need you to do two things. One, when you come in my office, dress up. Check. Done. Can do. Number two, go to my website and read about what a subluxation is. Mm. I said, okay, I'm, I'm not familiar with this term, but sure. So I went to his website and it said vertebral subluxation. It's a misalignment of the vertebrae that interferes with the brain-body connection. Okay. I, I understood, you know, the brain controls everything and any interference in that communication process decreases quality of living. Um, and I was like, okay, uh, that, that's what, that's what he does. All right. So I went and shadowed this doc. I had a notepad, a pen, you know, I was ready to take notes, write down. I watched him adjust for two hours. I didn't write down a darn thing. Why don't you explain to people what an adjustment is just in case they don't know? Sure. So what an adjustment is, it is, there's many different adjusting techniques, um, first off. So to say this is what it will always be, that, that's that's not really capable. Um, but in a nutshell, it is a... Um, specific force applied in a very specific direction with the intent in correcting that misalignment. Um, oftentimes, the, there is a noise, or some folks call it a pop or mm. a crack. Uh, the term for that is cavitation. Mm. It's merely a release of nitrogen into the gaseous form. So with an adjustment, if there's cavitation, cool. If there's not cavitation, cool. So is this the same sound that's made when you crack your knuckles, like yes, the pressure that is, and the, that is the same sound. fluid? Correct. So, um, so with that, if you make your knuckles pop, you're not necessarily adjusting them. I wouldn't say that's an adjustment. And that's why I say with an adjustment, it may occur, it may not occur. It's not what I'm looking for. Um, there are many adjusting techniques that there are no cavitation. Um, they, they are known as low force techniques, and I utilize those along with your um, what would be known as HVLA, high velocity, oh. low amplitude. Uh. Big long words, just merely say fast, not very deep. So when people think of an adjustment, they probably think of somebody, you turning somebody's neck a lot and then you hearing the pop. That, that's the that, kind of that this, is commonly the generalized. What is very, very generalized. And, and it's sort of been amplified by maybe Steven Seagal movies or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Um, so I, I get asked quite often, you know, are, am I ever afraid that I'm going to hurt somebody yeah. while I'm adjusting them? And my answer is goodness, no, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, and it's typically after the third or fourth visit and it's typically after I've adjusted their neck. Uh, so they'll ask, they'll ask that, you know, are you afraid you're going to hurt somebody? No. These are the reasons why. <laughs> you should ask them, are you afraid that you're going to get hurt? Because right. a lot of people, well, we'll talk about this when we talk about the benefits of it, but let's yeah. go back to, to so sure. high school. I, I take it you were a good student. Uh, high school is not my best. No, college. Yes, I, I, okay. I did. I did much better in the uh, more free formed. Uh, you don't have to be here from this time to this time. You pick your schedule. I did much much better with uh, with that college setting than so or high school. So why did your mom mention? chiropractic in a medical school. I mean, did she think you had an aptitude toward that field or did you express interest in maybe going into medicine and she just thought maybe the alternative chiropractic route would be better for you? I mean, did she push MD on you or? No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't chiropractic. Pushed, uh, boom. It wasn't pushed at all. She just said, what about it? Huh. And after I shadowed the doc, I was like, 
That's it. Was she a proponent of it beforehand? She or? had never been to a chiropractor either. So she was like doing a crosser puzzle. And she was like, <laughs> What's the 10 letter word? <laughs> chiropractor. Scott. Yeah. Um, chiropractor. Pretty much. Uh, and uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that the, the chiropractic profession chooses you. I, mm. I don't think somebody really chooses. Like to, a priest vocation. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Okay, so then you went to Ball State, and then where did you go to, to chiropractic school? Correct. So after Ball State, I uh, went directly to St. Louis, to Logan College of Chiropractic. It's out in the suburbs of St. Louis. Um, there's roughly 19 chiropractic colleges in the United States. That's a good thing. I was going to ask you that. Yep. Okay, 19. Um, and there are, there are chiropractic colleges, three in Mexico. There's one in Brazil, one in Argentina, uh, two in the UK. Um, there's two in Canada, one in New Zealand, three in Australia. So yeah, it, it's, it's, and pretty much that's it in the whole world or um, there's like there's, a sprinkling there's in a, Asia. There's a couple more. Actually, Asia doesn't have a lot of uh, chiropractic schools. Typically, uh, chiropractors in Japan come to the U S mm. get educated in the U S and then go back. Um, the, it all started in Davenport, Iowa, mm. 1895. Mm. That's, that's so 123 years ago mm. uh, is when is where chiropractic modern day chiropractic started. Um, if we look back historically, there were bone setters, but as far as modern day chiropractic, um, that's uh, 1895. Hmm. So unlike we, we interviewed Dr. Nine earlier. So she was mentioning how like uh, naturopathic doctors aren't licensed in every state, but chiropractors are licensed in every state. Correct. You can practice under your DC. Yes. You can okay. practice under your DC degree. All 50 states, we are what's known as portal of interest. So mm. you do not need a referral from your primary care to come see a chiropractor. Um, as far as di diagnosis rights and everything goes like that, yes, it's very even keel. Uh, portal of entry, you can come in, see us, and, and go from there. Nice. So let's talk about chiropractic school. Mm -hmm. So... People will maybe ask you, so you want, you know, you have a DC, so how is that different than medical school? Or they kind of say dismissively, like, you didn't go to medical school, what do you know? Especially people right. who aren't, don't embrace the, the yes. science. So, how, so compare, juxtapose the two. Correct. As far as the educational hours, so hours spent sort of, you know, back ends in seats uh, is extremely similar to medical doctors. Um, the biggest differences occur as far as pharmacology. Okay. So instead of pharmacology classes, I'll have adjusting technique. Um, another big difference. So you have no pharmacology. It's very, very minimal because uh, you guys can't prescribe drugs. That is accurate. That okay. is completely out of our scope of practice. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think of my profession as a specialty. That is my specialty. That is what I do. And I don't, uh, I can stay in my lane, if you mm. will. Um, and, and I think we get great results with that working with other healthcare professionals instead of attempting to do what their specialty is. So four years is chiropractic school? Correct. So they, most chiropractic schools are, they go year round. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take five years of school and condense it into three and a third year because most schools do trimesters. So instead of your uh, spring and fall semester programs, which most schools do, chiropractic schools are trimesters. So there is a spring, a fall, and a summer trimester. So it's five years of school condensed to three and a third years. Do you get like a month off between each semester? Uh, or no? 15 weeks on, two and a half weeks off. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And on average, we're taking upwards of 32 credit hours. 
So it's a very, very intensive program. Um, so do you have botanical science in that clinical nutrition or is it mostly, you know, alignment, bone? Right. So the first third of chiropractic school is basic sciences. So I did eight months of a human anatomy and we did a full cadaver dissection. Um, so you had the, the coursework for the anatomy and then you'd have the lab aspects of it. Same thing for microbiology, biochemistry, uh, physiology. We'll have a full, full year of human physiology. So looking at every system, whether it's cardiovascular or, um, you know, the, the renal, so our kidneys, mm-hmm. um, our respiratory, you know, so we have all of these, the same educational background as far as the books go. Um, the one, and then the other biggest difference between is diagnostic imaging, big fancy mm-hmm. word for saying x-ray, MRIs, yeah. and CTs, yeah. where a DCs, doctors of chiropractic will have more in diagnostic imaging than your family doctor, because I take more x-rays than your family doctor does. Now, uh, your further degrees in, in radiology and those type things, um, doctors of chiropractic have an advanced degree in radiology as well. It's not really? a, a DAC bar. So it's a diplomate program, hmm. just like your MD radiologist reading your MRIs and x-rays. You have chiropractors that do that as well. Because I know like radiologists, they'll, they'll get their, let's say if they want to specialize in radiology, they'll get their MD and then they do two, three years of residency Correct. where they specialize in diagnostic imaging. So same thing you with have the, the same thing. Yep. Okay. Same thing with the diplomate of uh, radiology. So you have an x-ray machine here where you can shoot or do you have to hire a radiographic technologist to shoot them or how does that work? Currently, I will send out for them. Okay. So if it's if it's deemed necessary that I need to take x-rays, I'll send to a, a um, imaging center that's right up the road yeah. and I'll get the reports back and go from there. Okay. Okay. What else? So is the curriculum any different? Because I, I did an episode, maybe 50 episodes back, where I talk about how big pharma is so influences the curriculum of medical school so much through the form of, of, of donations that they give to these medical schools. And if you look at the curriculum, they only spend something like uh, six, six months on clinical nutrition. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much don't spend any time on botanical science, you know, herbs, all that stuff right. like that. It's almost all pharmacology, pharmacology. And so the cynic would tell you, well, you know, it's conflict of interest. And, you know, and I think maybe it's one of the, the, the complaints you hear maybe on your side is like when you go to an allopathic doctor, regular doctor, the, if you complain about any symptoms, the, typically the first course of treatment is drugs. It's always like a drug mentality, drug, 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 drug. And I think that's something nice about a chiropractic school is that yes. it's not all drugs first. You know, you have a, a larger scope of sequence maybe or scope yeah. of realm of to employ like weapons to use than Yes. Yeah, so drugs. we do have um, courses in nutrition and um, further than that, I did a master's in nutrition and human performance where it did get into a sustainable farming um, botanicals, herbs, those type things as well. Um, it is another coursework we'll, we'll talk about, you know, common deficiencies that we'll see in folks or in people that uh, they would benefit from X, Y, or Z supplement. And it, it's typically plant-based, um, real supplements. So not something that's synthetic or that the body wouldn't be able to uh, utilize effectively. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because... You know, you hear, you hear like our food supply, our food is so full of preservatives and food dyes. And so it's, it's very like nutrient deficient. Look at flour. Flour is in everything, right? Uh, well, corn is in everything. That's true, right? So uh, commonly what you're referring to is what I like to call food-like product. 
Mm. So like a Franken food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas, um, really, I mean, your, your, your foods shouldn't have labels. You should be able to look at it and say, okay, that's broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> um, versus, oh goodness, this has a, a plethora, a, a list of 12, 20, 30 different items that's in this one food. I would say that's a food-like product. Um, that's pretty much all the middle aisles of the grocery store, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. That, that's what the paleo people always say. It's like, if, if God didn't invent it, don't eat it. So you should just be eating you know, clean meats and produce that doesn't have a lot of pesticides, nuts and seeds. But all the middle aisles, it's just, it's nutrient deficient. Right. So Gar- the- Garbage. The- Basically, I'll put it like this. If it has a long list, don't don't eat it. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, if it has a short list, go ahead and go for it. And by short list, I mean maybe five, yeah. five items in it. Um, if it has a long shelf life, don't eat it. Yeah, right. If it has a short shelf life, eat it before it goes bad. Yeah. See, th- yeah. these are just easy little like just go-to things that mm-hmm. make sense. Oh, yeah. And the shopping around the outside of the store, that's for sure. That That's where you're going to find real food. Um, I... I, I like the phrase, uh, counting, counting calories becomes obsolete when your food doesn't have labels. So the need for counting your calories is really not necessary if your food doesn't have labels. So let's think, what food doesn't have labels? Produce, mm. meats, real sources of of. of Clean sources of protein, good fats. Yeah, healthy fats. Because, you know, people have this idea of fat makes you fat. But we can cover that when we yeah, cover yeah. nutrition. But, all right, so you get your DC that's four years, I'm Correct. assuming? Yeah, four so years. you can okay. say on average, yes. You can do a residency or you don't have to? Can you just open a practice right after you get your DC or how does that no, work? No, the, the final calendar year of chiropractic school, you're taking coursework and seeing the general public. So you would do your quote-unquote um, outpatient clinic. Mm-hmm during that last calendar year of chiropractic school. So you'll have, and that's seen under, you have a head clinician. So you have a, a licensed doctor of chiropractic that is your your um, clinical doc or your clinical doctor. And so you are seeing the general public with real issues in in a um, school setting. So that, that would be the equivalent of your, your residency program. And then after that, you get your DC. Ah, there is one more big hurdle. Uh, the boards? The boards, the yes. Boards, yeah. So there are five national board exams. All 50 states require the five. So it's part one, two, three, four, and then a physiotherapy section. So that's hmm. your, your five national board exams. Is that more than the MD's got to do? Do you know? That sounds like a lot. Uh, uh, and that's that's a good question. I don't yeah. know as far as their their board exams go um, mm-hmm. if it if it's the same. Then after that, each state has different uh, jurisprudence exams. So you've you've got your diploma, sweet, excellent. <laughs> you've passed your board exams. Next check mark, sweet, done. Then you're going to submit all of that to your state, and your state has certain requirements that are needed to get licensed in that state, and that's for public safety, public health. I think this is good to hear because a lot of people, especially if they they're just so into the MD mindset, they don't know about you know uh, chiropractic science or, or naturopathy or any all the other kind of like even like um, like osteopaths, you know, doctor of osteopath. Mm-hmm. They think that, or maybe they think that it's not as much schooling. It's not as rigorous as medical school. So I think right. it's it's good to hear. It's four years. It is very rigorous. Quite. It's just a different kind of mindset, paradigm view than MD. The paradigm, that is that is what I would say exactly. Um, and the paradigm shift, if you will, would be a salutogenic. 
So Saludo means health, right? Yeah. So yeah. really, it's it's looking at. We'll use since we were talking about food, we'll look at uh, a plant, right? If you want to affect a plant, you can. You have two options. You can take something from outside and put it into it or on it, mm. or you can change the environment in which it's living. Mm. So basically, are you going to be fixing the inside out? Mm. So that's your allopathic, your outside in yeah. versus your salutogenic or what I would call chiropractic view of, of inside out. Hmm. So it's, it is just a, a switch or a flip of how you view or utilize um, your healthcare. Okay, great. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about who should come and see a chiropractor. not a big fan of technology. So what do you mean by that? So laptop computers, Mm. cell phones. Mm. Oh, well now I like doing health talks too. Mm. When I go to elementary school, I'll do a health talk and I only have their attention for about five minutes. Mm. Partly because of the phones and all the smart screens have shortened their (laughs) their attention. (laughs) Quite possibly. Yeah. I see it every day in high school. Trust me. It's horrible. So what I'm seeing is a looking straight down at the ground. Yeah. I'm seeing degenerative changes occurring earlier and earlier due to technology. Our head on average weighs eight to 12 pounds. Um, well, I'm assuming most listeners have gone bowling before. Mm-hmm. They've held a bowling ball, which yeah. is eight to 12 pounds on average. Imagine holding that bowling ball in your hand straight up. Now imagine having your hand start to drop forward or you can imagine starting to look down. You just can't do that. So the bone starts to adapt to these changes that aren't supposed to occur. So what those changes are is loss of disc height, bone spurs. Because if the body can't support it, it says, I'm going to lock you in place. I'm going to put more calcium there, foreign bone spurs, so that the body can't move anymore because it says, I'm in this position, I need to adapt. And sometimes that adaptation is not what we want. And eventually that will lead to signs and or symptoms. So when you, when you go talk to these kids, what do you tell them when they're on your, when you're on yes. your phone, have better, better posture, lift it up, yeah, lift up have, your... have it at eye level. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's at eye level, we're not going to be looking straight down. Oh, but my arms got tired. <laughs> well, then you're done. Yeah, and they'll never use the phone again. Well, maybe for the next five minutes. And then, <laughs> and that's then, it. then, then the fatigue will be gone and they can come back up and do it again. Let, let's go back to uh, so, so vertebral issues. So if someone comes in, let's say with a, a ruptured disc, slip disc, mm-hmm. I guess the typical approach would be to do an MRI, see if it's a ruptured disc. And then if they go to a surgeon, the surgeon's going to be like, well, we can you know, suck it all up and take it out. Right. We go, we go see a DC what do you tell somebody if you take an x-ray, you see that they have an L4, L5 ruptured disc right. or something? What, what's the treatment there? So if I could do it in one, oh man, that'd be cool. Uh, but that's just not how the body works. Um, the body heals to rhythm and repetition. So depending on the severity of what's going on for that person, they'd be recommended a, a starting off with what's known as a trial of care. Mm-hmm. So that's going to look like anywhere between two and three times a week for a amount of time, maybe two to four weeks. 
after that time frame, if we continue, if we see improvements that we expect to see. So you'd be doing alignments to this person. We'd be doing adjustments during that time frame. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, go ahead. we would do an, we would do a real time assessment. So we would assess the individual as they're in the office. We would adjust them as necessary. And then they're going to go out in the world. The world is going to happen. And then when they come back, I expect them to present differently. And for some folks, that's very quick. For some folks, that can take a little bit of time, just depending on how long this issue has been going on, the severity of, of their, for your example, the severity of their disc herniation or disc bulge. And it takes time for the body to heal. So if they have a completely ruptured disc, though... Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's go back. So the, the, my understanding, because I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't say that I'm an expert in, in chiropractic science, but I understand it's like the, the, the nerves, there's what, 31 pairs of nerves that come off the spinal cord. And um, if, if one of them is like impinged or blocked, that'll affect whatever organs that particular nerve is going toward. It can, it can affect downstream. Exactly. So one of the kind of the, the and then please correct me if I'm wrong. So one of the kind of the tenets of, 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 of chiropractic is, is let's unimpinge that nerve and open it up. And one of the ways we can do that is through adjustments. Correct. Okay. So let's say somebody has a ruptured disc and all that disc matter is out. And so the surgeon will go and suck it in. Right. You know, but, yeah, but no. you guys can't do that. So so is it, in this case, herniating disc or herniated disc, bulging disc is, is very effective. A DC can do that. But like a ruptured disc, they would need to have surgery for that? Or you Not guys? necessarily. Okay. If, so if elaborate. I've had, I've had folks just recently come into the office that had a herniated disc. So as far as the, the spectrum of disc issues, you can start off with loss of disc height and mm-hmm. then a disc bulge. And then the herniation is when the middle portion of that disc has extruded into the canal. That's more the liquid component, right? Because there's two, t- there's there's two, two substances types, in the disc. Yes. Yeah, right? so you have your annular fibers and then the nucleus pulposus. So the nucleus pulposus is that jelly-like substance that you're talking about. That, that pushes through those annular fibers leading to a bulge. And then once it's pushed through that outer aspect of that annular fiber, that is your disc herniation. Okay. That's like a ruptured disc. Correct. Thing. Okay. Okay. And then so... So my approach is going to be quite similar from the individual that has the disc bulge, loss of disc height, or disc herniation, um, is to improve the mechanics of the spine, so improve the function of the joints surrounding the spine so that the body can heal itself. Now somebody says, well, I have the arthritis, right? Um, If I see somebody, then they've come and they say, well, I have a family history of arthritis, right? And I look at their x-rays or digital imaging or MRI, whatever it is, and I see only one or two levels that have degenerative disc disease or degenerative joint disease or osteoarthritis, all of those mean the same thing. Then I say, if you have the arthritis, then why aren't they affecting the areas above or below? Why is it just those one segments or two segments or three segments? Hmm. That tells me that there has been dysfunction going on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say my approach is going to be the same. I'm going to look for those areas, adjust them so that they can function better, and then the body heals itself. It's a beautiful thing. And it's non-interventional, you know, if you look at the typical... Surgeons love to cut, right? If you have the joke about surgeons, right? What's, right. Their, what's their, their favorite course of treatment? Cutting. <laughs> yes. And, right. and my favorite course is adjusting. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, you, you, you and, know, you're not cutting into people. But. Right. So let, let's segue really, just really fast before we go into the dangers of, of you know, chiropractic care. 
Is it true that we are the tallest around high school and then as we age, our discs shrink because either bad posture or they're not as hydrated and we get shorter? Because you think of grandma who, who has kyphosis, you know, they're, right. maybe they were a lot taller. So what, when are we the tallest, if you know, and then... Mm-hmm what happens to our height. Right. I, I, I'd say that time frame is fairly accurate around that high school or, or, or after high school. Everybody's going to be a little bit different. You have had, I'm sure you've seen somebody that was um, from last year to the next year, boom, they yeah. had a huge growth spurt. But sure. some folks already had that growth spurt. Um, so yes, around that time frame, I'd say that's that's fairly accurate. And as life occurs, as life, as we age, there are going to be some some changes like that, but it doesn't have to. So, if our if our bodies can can adapt to our environment more effectively, then we won't see some of those changes. And some of those, as I talked about earlier, maladaptive is posture, mm-hmm. right? Looking straight down, that's going to lead to early degeneration. So, <laughs> loss of physical height. Uh, sooner than later. So should we should we go and go back to charm school and have a book on our head like that has to do with the women right there because that's that was one of the ancillary benefits right they have good posture they have good book posture on. right yeah. so the, what it's doing is you can't have a book on your head and look down yeah you have to be in the upright and or erect position. So what is your recommendation? Because everyone wants to be tall. So how do we maintain good posture, maintain our height? Because you, you, you don't walk around with your chest, you know, sticking out like you're a caveman. So right. like you recommend not sitting on stools, I'm assuming, or if you have to sit on stools, try to keep an erect back. Or- so when, when, we're, when we're sitting, um, my best recommendations would be take your backside and scoot it all the way into the back of the chair. Mm. So when you're sitting, it should feel like you're sitting on two bumps on bones. They're known as the ischial tuberosities. That's mm. part of the say, or part of the pelvis. It should feel like you're sitting on those two bones in the buttocks. Now, what happens is we start to scoot forward and mm. we start to sit on our sacrum, which mm. is not intended to be sat on. Mm. So one, scooting all the way back. And then the second thing is, yes, it is going to be not necessarily not pushing the chest out, but maybe pulling the scapula or the shoulder blades together. Hmm, okay. And then from that, we want to keep our chin in a neutral position. So not having what's known as anterior head carriage or forward head posture. Okay. So, so if we do these things, it'll help us maintain our it, height. It's, yes. They, it's going to be things that are going to decrease that maladaptive changes. And can, can people come in and do adjustments? Will that help them regain some of that? I have had, I've had, um, individuals in office that started care with their head x-rays at the beginning of their care and, and they had diminished disc height. So literally their discs are, are less. Hmm. So the discs are the spacers between our vertebrae, the cushioning spacers between the vertebrae. Um, after a, after a, I think for the one I'm thinking of specifically, it was a year of care. We had x-rays again. And that disc height had returned. And this is an older individual, um, not quite Medicare age, but prior to, so in between 50 and 65. Mm-hmm. And disc height had returned. So it is possible to get some disc height back and therefore in, in, increasing his height hmm. um, through regular chiropractic care. Okay. So let's ask really fast about nutrition here. So 
I know you mentioned that your scope of practice isn't really about nutrition, but I, my understanding is a lot of DCs will promote, as we mentioned, kind of stay away from food toxins, stay away from processed foods. Correct. Maybe recommend vitamin D or magnesium supplements because we're kind of deficient in those two. Correct. Like, so what's, what's kind of your view if somebody comes in, you know, Dr. Kelly, I really want to clean up my diet. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what kind of advice can you give me aside from... Certainly. So the big reason why it would be advantageous for me to make those recommendations makes my job easier. Mm. Makes it so that you can come see me less. Because mm. we, don't, we don't want a lot of overweight people because that's taxing on the back. So that's, that's one of that's the reasons. That's very taxing. Some literature shows that um, every pound of weight is like four pounds on a joint. Hmm. So it's almost an exponential curve of, of the effects of excessive weight on our joints and therefore on our spine. So if, if somebody can make changes in a positive light, they're going to get better results. So of course, yes, I'm going to recommend healthy or um, better options or better food choices. There, there's uh, two words that I don't particularly like, diet and exercise. <laughs> well, diet has a negative connotation to it. A right. lot of folks Restriction have a negative, of food. Right. Have yeah. a lot of, of negative mindset towards those. Mm. So your diet is merely your food choices. So if you can make better food choices, great. If you have a cheat day, as a lot of folks call them, well, don't feel bad about those. Right. They're there for a reason. Just know that there are consequences for that action. It may be slowed progress or whatever the case may be. Um, and What about re- exercise? So exercise, it's movement. Mm. That's all it is. It's merely movement. If we look at a single-celled organism underneath the microscope, if it ever stops moving... It dies. It dies. Mm. Well, we're... <laughs> multiple celled organisms working together as tissues, organs, and organ systems. Well, if my heart ever stops, well, you're dead. I'm dead. Yeah. So it's just movement. So you recommend like walking, hiking, some strength training, some cardio, like what just, just moving, moving the body, moving the body is going to be great. And then with those for different issues or conditions, there are going to be some specific recommendations. Um, some for low back, you have to stabilize the core to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, if not, then are my adjustments going to quote unquote hold as well? So it's all supportive to what I do in the office. Um, so good core exercises would be like planks and pushups and stuff like that or what? So yes, your planks, your pushups, there's another ones, uh, known as dead bugs. Mm, don't oh, know that. What's yeah. that? Yeah. So this one you're, you're laying on your back. Imagine like a dead bug. Mm. So your arms and, and, and legs are in the air. Um, as say the right leg goes towards the floor, the left arm is going to as well and mm. then come back and mm. do the same thing with the other side. So it's a cross, um, think of like a cross crawl mechanism. Mm. So if you're on all fours, but on your back, hmm. that sounds hard. It's easier, easier than you think. Okay. It okay. feels awkward the first couple of times you do it. Cause you're going to move both arms or both legs. Cause it's that cross mechanism. I know that I am not a limber person. Like I cannot cross my legs where my knees are touching the ground. You know, people can do yoga or young mm-hmm. people can do, I am very not limber. So I think I am more set up to have some sort of back issues, disc issues, hernia issues. Quite potentially from yeah. that lack of range of motion, lack of mobility or lack yeah. of movement. So I, I need to be doing like Pilates and yoga and just to get more limber. For, for some folks. Yes. That's going to be great. Some things can, they can just be done at home. Hmm. Um, so you, some aspects, if you need the additional assistance or someone to kick you in the butt, great. If you can, can do them on your own, 
Great. It's mainly just increasing movement. Okay, great. All right, let's take a break and we'll talk about some of the dangers, the alleged dangers. Okay, so Dr. Kelly, let's talk about some of the dangers of chiropractic care. So I remember, I think I, I mentioned it to my students a few years ago, there was a woman who went in for an adjustment and she ruptured, I think it was her vertebral artery and she didn't get care and she died. And so when people hear stories like that in the news, especially if the news is very pro-allopathic and like, see those chiropractors, they're, they're, you, know, they're, you can't trust them. How do you address all the, all the, all those things? Certainly, um, I would initially this. You, you said the dangers. I would probably say the perceived dangers. Mm. Um, one of the most recent ones um, that that you're making mention of was a, a vertebral or a vertebral artery dissection or and or stroke um, following a, a visit to a chiropractor. Mm. Uh, the current literature shows us that that's not likely. And by lot like not likely, I mean one in a million. Um, but we can't say that her visit to the chiropractor caused that rupture, and so he, I mean, he's is he negligent or the majority of occurrences where there was a vertebral artery dissection or and or stroke following a visit to a chiropractor, the signs were not identified. So that person was having a stroke or the beginning signs of a stroke when they entered the office or prior to entering the office. Really? Okay. And it was not recognized during said office visit. And here we are. So the adjustment didn't cause it. Correct. Okay. So you don't hear about it. You always hear like the, in the two minute snipping from ABC news, you know? Right. Okay. So that's why I start off with perceived dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, the literature does not support that chiropractic adjustments lead to and or cause vertebral artery dissection and or stroke. Well, let's talk about dangers in general, because you might hear people who, oh, I wanted to see a DC, and he did, you know, treat my lower back pain, and I came out, my back hurt more, or now I have right. this chronic, daily excruciating pain. It's his or her fault. Right. So there are three things that can occur following a chiropractic adjustment. Feel great, feel the same, feel worse. Those are our options. <laughs> <laughs> I realize it's, it's, it's a bit of a catch-all. And about 30% of people later on the afternoon or evening, they could experience a bit of soreness. It's often described as a muscle type sore or like a workout type sore. Um, what I would describe as going on there is the small muscles that connect in between the vertebrae, they've been in that position for quite some time. As we make adjustments, they say, hey, this is new and different. So they can wake up, if you will. Um, that's often that, that muscle type soreness. Um, I've had uh, some folks come in for low back pain, and they noticed that they had some neck pain as well. Well, what's going on there is the brain prioritized. It said, you need to pay attention to the low back first. Oh, by the way, you got this going on too. So I would say they're sometimes separate and or different. Um, And (laughs) recently, we can have folks that they got adjusted, went great. And they said, oh, man, I'm doing so much better. I can go work on the yard. I can Mm -hmm. go work on the car. And then, wow, it really, really flared up after that because they were feeling so good. So their guarding mechanisms were down. Their body just wasn't ready for that activity or behavior. 
So wait, what you're saying is that there's essentially no dangers to this at all? Oh, there, there are, I mean, I'm working with the spine and the spine surrounds the spinal cord and the nervous system. Hmm. So this is why we have such heavy regulations and licensure processes. And to say that there never could be an instance, well, that'd be, that'd be ridiculous to sure. say that. Sure, um, With the amount of people that are going to chiropractors and getting wellness-based care, I mean, it's just not supported of that. Um, I think of I think of allopathic care because I have an episode where I mention how there's something like 160,000 deaths uh, a year from nosocomial infections or, or doctor mm-hmm. mistakes and all that. And you never hear about that. We always want to like malign right. the the, the yes. alternative health people, but you don't want to hear about all the mistakes that are made in hospitals. Right. And and to put that in perspective, that's a jumbo jet crashing daily. <laughs> Yeah. In, in hospital settings, that's the number of folks that die from a, um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about not prescribed correctly or not mm-hmm. taken correctly. I'm talking about properly prescribed, properly taken medications. There is, um, there are a couple, there are a couple MDs that have stated the literature on that. And yes, I, I, the number I heard was most recently was 106,000 deaths a, annually, a year annually. But you don't even hear about. It. I mean, that that's so that's so many people. I mean, that's that's the size of like San Angelo, Texas, or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 not a small number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and to get back to, does somebody coming to a chiropractor are you are you worried about injury? Well, if that was the case, my malpractice insurance would be very very expensive. And it's not. And it's not. Mm-hmm. A family of three's annual car insurance is typically more than my malpractice insurance. Hmm. My malpractice is about $2,000 a year. Hmm. Hmm. So that's saying a lot then. Yeah. So what you're telling the people is don't worry about seeing a chiropractor. No. You're having issues. No. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So let's, let's finish up here. So what are some just um, going away thoughts that you want to give people before we give your contact information? Like what, what do you want to tell people who... I've heard about chiropractic mm-hmm. and are curious. They've had chronic pain. They're a little apprehensive. Right. Um, I can appreciate their concern. First off, I, I mean, we're working with a very delicate system. Um, to that accord, chiropractors are very well trained, very well educated to be able to address those issues and, and alleviate those concerns. Now, the other thing is everybody responds differently to chiropractic care. So if somebody says, oh, I tried chiropractic. Well, if they tried, did they go once, mm. twice, mm. maybe one week? I've had some individuals where it took upwards of two months for them to really have that big leap in results. I've had some folks where it was one or two adjustments and they had great results. It didn't mean that we stopped care with those individuals. It just let us know we were headed in the right direction. Um, so yes, it is going to take time, and that's frustrating. In the very rapid-paced, uh, must-have-it-yesterday mentality or world that we live in. Pop a pill world, too. You know, I got to go into the doctor, give me a pill for this reflux, give me a pill for this infection, right? right. Yeah. Where they're saying, it, it didn't work for me, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of different ways to approach chiropractic. So maybe that chiropractor was not the right one. They just needed a different approach with utilizing chiropractic. So just because of one, I'll just say one bad haircut, did you stop getting haircuts? <laughs> well, I don't need haircuts anymore, really. <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it's yeah. a, a crude analogy, but yeah. that chiropractor may have not been the right one for you. 
Um, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that it, it did not work. And the next thing there to state again is that it is going to take some time and everybody responds differently. Well, let's talk about insurance and so forth. So I, I don't know the answer to this question. So do most insurances cover chiropractic? Ah, yes. Covered. Uh, that, that's a great question. <laughs> so vast majority of insurance companies cover to some degree chiropractic. Okay. If you have a higher deductible, you're not going to meet that deductible going to the chiropractor. So you'll be paying out of pocket. Um, those visits can help go towards your deductible. Um, if there's a lower deductible, yeah. But your, your insurance company is going to say you are allotted X number of visits a year. It's typically between 20 and 35. That's that's, wow. that's what I've seen. Okay. Um, now, with that, they m- may not contribute towards those visits. So covered service, yes. Contributed service depends on... on deductibles and everything like that. So it's a very, very detailed question. To make it easy, I don't do insurance. Oh, so you just pay? Just yes, straight it's out just, pay. just out of pocket. And, and for that, I'm able to keep my rates on on the the lower end of, of what I, well, I'll put it like this. If I took insurance, I would charge more. Mm, okay. Because of the, all of the um, uh, billing that goes with it, the staffing that goes with it, the, the, the chasing the insurance companies to get reimbursements. Um, all of those things. So, so you're just a streamlined, efficient machine. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. There, there is a method to the madness. Well, it's good to know that they are covered. I know, I know you don't take it, but like acupuncturists, for example, most, most of the time they're not. NDs are right. not either. So it's good to know that, that you guys are covered. Yeah, definitely. All right. So let's talk about how people can reach you, Dr. Kelly. How can they reach you? Certainly. So the telephone number, 210-494-3000. Uh, on the web, it is backtolifesa.com. S-A like San Antonio. So back to life is the name of the office, sa.com. Um, and the phone number, like I said, 210-494-3000. That's great. And I'm also going to have links on the episode notes so you can reach Dr. Kelly that way. So Dr. Kelly, let's, let's talk, let's do rapid fire here because we do this with, with the, the people that I interview. Favorite high school band, like who was your go-to band in, in, in Indiana? In Indiana, I'd say Incubus. Incubus. Yep. Wow. Wow. Up. We're going to have a picture of Dr. Kelly on Instagram and you don't strike me as somebody who would like Incubus. So what kind of music is that? That's like heavy metal, right? I'd say more like alternative rock, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, I believe they're a West coast, uh, band originally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can tell you my, my first CD that I ever bought. Yeah. Michael Jackson Thriller. Michael Jackson throughout. My first CD was probably Queen's Greatest Hits and ABBA's Greatest Hits because I used to belong to Columbia House. This is probably before your time because Dr. <laughs> Kelly's in his 30s here. But back then, it'd be like, buy one CD through the mail, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get 11 for free or 11 right. for a penny. I, re- I do remember them. You now. do remember that. Okay, yeah. so so in high school, I was always getting the greatest hits. Eagle's Greatest Hits, Journey's Greatest Hits, ABBA's Greatest Hits. But my, my big f- music when I was in high school was New Wave 80s. I guess they call it alternative. So this would be like the Cure, New Order, the right. Smiths, Duran Duran. You could say a, a little bit later version of that. Yeah. So okay, but, but but my music was all synthesizer, and it would be perceived <laughs> as kind of effeminate gay music. So I don't think Incubus is is too too much. But I, you know, I don't know their music, so I could I could be completely wrong. All right, favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, Pool Hall Junkies. I've never heard of that. What, what is that? Who, so, who's in that? Yeah, uh, the only name that that you'll recognize in it is Christopher Walken. Okay, Walken. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but the and I'm not going to remember his name right now. But the gentleman that wrote, directed, and starred in it. 
did all three. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a very well-known movie. Um, I was an, uh, I enjoy playing pool, so I, I call it billiards. So if that tells you. So when did this movie come out? Oh goodness. Uh, 90, 80s. either early two thousands or, or, nineties, late nineties, something like that. Well, what about color of money that has pool in it? Yeah, Tom it Cruise. Does. Oh, right? of course I've seen it, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it doesn't, does not touch good old pool hall. <laughs> Never. Is that streaming somewhere? It may be. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You, you may be able to check it out. If not, I'll let you borrow a copy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My favorite movie. I love Goodwill Hunting. You know, That's I could quote that movie up to Wazoo. Oh, yeah. You know, and Aliens, the the sequel, mm-hmm. uh, I can quote that movie too. And of course, The Godfather. But I would say Goodwill Hunting. That that movie to me is just just amazing. It's it's uplifting. It's got a love story. The 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 dialogue. That's good humor too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about them apples? Right. <laughs> my, my bad Boston accent. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. What's uh, what's your go to snack food? You don't have to, it doesn't have to be healthy, but if it is healthy, like mine's dark chocolate. I love high end 90%. Dark, I eat it every day. And if I don't, if I don't eat it, I go through like dark chocolate withdrawal. I mean, that's how much I love it. So if, if on the, on the not so good spectrum, yeah. apple fritters, apple fritters. Yep. Okay. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about healthy? Um, <laughs> my better half's going to laugh at me about this one. Nighttime bacon. Nighttime bacon. Nighttime bacon. You just eat bacon before you go to sleep, or is that a specific it's, type of bacon? No, it's not. It's 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 just bacon huh. in the evening. Yeah. Okay, but it it will be uncured bacon. Oh, I, I'm, I'll be specific about that. But yeah, Good. just bacon at nighttime. Good. Okay. All right. What's uh, what's the favorite? What's your favorite country that you've been to? Like, where would you? If you money was no object and you could just move right now mm. with your practice and you know just you know some theoretical Shangri La kind of scenario, what country would you like to live in the rest of your life? Um, oh goodness. I, I, I'm going to say this one because I recently visited there. Uh, I went to Peru. Ah, I was, uh, flown down to Peru to teach chiropractors adjusting technique. Hmm. Um, so I did a 12 hour continuing education seminar for practicing doctors of chiropractic down there. Had a wonderful time. It's beautiful country. And I, I plan on going back. See, I've never been there before. I, mean, I know Lima is an old colonial town, but have mm-hmm. you, were you in Lima? Or were yes, you we were in Lima. Yeah. Okay. And what's the food like there? Amazing. So is it like... Oh, so I had... Um, if you're going to, to Peru, you have to have the ceviche. Oh, really? Definitely. They have ceviche over there. Oh, yes, very okay. much so. Um, so what, 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 what's their food like? I mean, we think of Mexican food, but it's not... Right. It's not totally so there, since, it's, since it's coastal, they have a lot of seafood, everything like that. But uh-huh. yeah, it was amazing. Uh-huh. I would pick, and this is, of course, pretty hackney, but Italy. Look, I, you can't deny a country that essentially mastered or invented gelato, pasta, pizza, and coffee. I mean, yeah. plus the scenery, plus mm-hmm. the, the sun, plus just, just I don't know, I'd pick Italy. Probably <laughs> like, like the Amalfi Coast or something like that. All right, Dr. Kelly, thanks for joining us, and uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, I had a blast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Dr. Scott Kelly. He is great. He's very articulate, very bright young man. I guess I can call him young man since he's 10 years younger than I am. Uh, But if you have any questions about uh, being a chiropractor, becoming one, I am sure that he would answer your questions. You can contact him through the contact information he gave you, or you could contact me through the Facebook page or through Instagram, and I can forward that to him. 
Guys, as always, please post an honest review for Holistic Health News and the two other podcasts and our family, Confessions of an Obese Child and Katie Essential Oils Apothecary. And as always, please hit the subscribe button. It would take you two seconds. It would really help me on the Apple Podcast rankings. All right, guys, take care. God bless. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the Confessions of an Obese Child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.